Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Getting Inside the Right Male Mind, where I explore the minds of men who I think are authentic and kind and really good guys that are struggling just as much with finding love as we are. So I love getting their perspective and hearing what's going on with them. There he is. All right. William, hi. And somebody had asked where Benjamin is this morning. Uh, I gave Benjamin the morning off and I thought that it might be wonderful to hear from somebody else. I had a wonderful podcast interview with William. Uh, I was on his podcast, People on Dating, and I was so impressed with him that I, I asked him to come on my show. So, William, thank you so much for being here. No, it's my pleasure. I had a great time talking to you. Um, we got into such great topics that we forgot to talk about the main topic, which we'll, we'll do uh, sometime this week, which is, uh, you know, part two. It is so wonderful to have you here. And tell everyone just a little bit about you. Like, I, I don't have a bio. I know you're kind of a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's we not called that for not sending you one. So I apologize for that. That's okay. I love spontaneity. So let's, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you, William? Okay. So um, I have a part-time job. Uh, I work for Aramark. Um, you know, it's a food and beverage service company. And then on the other and on the other side of that coin, I do real estate uh, investing on the side. Uh, so that's what I do professionally and personally. More personal, uh, I'm a single man uh, dating a couple of women now. Um, I went through trials and tribulations uh, personally, you know, uh, trying to grow up as a more mature man in my 30s and 40s. Uh, you know, we'll definitely get more into that when mm -hmm. you, if, whatever you want to ask me, but it all was a learning process for me. Um, you know, I, I didn't have that abundance mentality when I was younger. And even up to my late 40s, early 50s, I would gravitate towards a woman. And knowing that she wasn't right for me, I still would stay with her uh, mm -hmm. because I didn't have that abundance that, hey, there was someone else in the, as they say, in the in the seat. Um, so, yeah, so I would, you know, uh, I was simp for her. I, would, I was uh, considered a beta male. You know, all these new red pill uh, phrases now. But anyway, uh, fast forward, you know, uh, I realized my value, that I definitely bring things to the table that I didn't think I had before. So um, fast forward to today, I'm, I'm in a much better uh, situation than I was five, six, seven, eight years ago. Awesome. So this is exactly what I want to talk about is sort of the arc of your transformation, William. And one of the things that we work on in my 12-week Emotionally Naked Dating course, we, we look at attachment styles. So I'm sure you know this, that there are primarily three, anxious, avoidant, and secure. There's also a, a fearful avoidant, which is a combination of anxious and avoidant. And we talk about these different attachment styles. And most people do fall into one of those categories. We're either 
secure. We grew up having loving parents who reinforced our need for love and security, made us feel safe. And those people are often very comfortable or more comfortable with intimacy, opening up and closeness and, and all. And then you have people who didn't get the kind of love and consistent support from parents that they needed and may have developed an anxious or an avoidant attachment style. Either they get very, very anxious, they get a lot of anxiety when they start to like somebody or feel an attraction, and or they push people away when they feel attracted to them. So what happens is some women who know these categories want to just very quickly put someone into a category. They want to say, well, you know, if this man is 60 years old and he's never been married and he hasn't committed to a woman, he must be avoidant, right? He must have intimacy issues because of that. And so many women will quickly label you as avoidant and not want to date you because, you know, they'll go on a date, they'll ask you about your relationship history, and then, you know, they'll, they'll disqualify you. And that was why I wanted to have you on the program. So before we get into where you are now, I know you're a bit of an open book, and I love that about you. I, I think you just have such a great heart. And I would love for you to talk about what it was like for you when you were a young man. Let's go all the way back to high school. <laughs> okay. If you can remember that far. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember that far back. I can't even remember a week ago. But, um, I, you know, what you said before about uh, avoidance and all that, because I never got that from my parents. I grew up with my grandparents. So mm-hmm. that, and they weren't exactly loving. Uh, same thing with my mother and father. Whenever I was around them, same thing. Uh, you know, I don't even think I ever heard the word. So when you grow up that way, I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody else. I definitely avoided some relationships because I didn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in my, and I was in a lot in my 20s. But I also, too, Lisa, that I knew by the time I was in my mid to late 20s, I didn't want to have any kids. So whenever I got in a relationship and any time uh, family or anything was brought up mm-hmm. and they asked, oh, do you want kids? And I would say no. Um, but I and I was comfortable with that decision. Now, fast forward a few years later, you know, in my 40s, I started seeking help. You know, I went to a therapist and all that. I started reading more books on relationships. You know, one of the books, Men are, uh, are from Mars, Women from Venus. I started reading that book. Uh, another book, it was called Get Inside Her by Marnie Kinris, you know, about the uh, the psychology of a woman and all that. So I started reading these I, books. I know Marnie. She used oh, okay. to live down the street from me in Los Angeles. Oh, geez. You know, that, that's, a, that's a woman I would love to have on my show. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I avoided relationships and it was, um, I remember in my early, thir- late 20s, early 30s, there was a woman that I should have married. I, you know, years later, I realized that I'm like, excuse my language, shit, I should have married her. You know, um, she was a good woman. She really cared about me, but I was not ready, you know, and to be honest, I was a little scared. 
Um, and I remember we saw each other a, about a year or two later and we talked and everything, but I, you know, and I apologized to her, but I would definitely apologize even more by saying, Hey, listen, you know, 30 years ago, yeah. I didn't marry you. You know, you were marriage material and I, and I lost. So once I, I, I sought therapy, reading books and then working on myself. And now my, mind you, some people do that in the twenties. I did that in my mid forties. So I met this woman. And she forced herself onto me. In other words, she would not give up on me. You know, she saw something that I had. And at the time I was 48, she was 44. And mind you, Lisa, I didn't want kids. But with her, I made the exception. I said, okay. So we tried to have kids, but because I guess the age that that she was and I was, whatever, um, we couldn't have kids. So that kind of drove us apart a lot. And, and we talked marriage again. Uh, this time I talked about it where when I was 30, I didn't even talk about it two years later. And, uh, once we talked about it, you know, we were thinking about how we're going to do this and all that. And this is like, at the time we were trying to have kids anyway, when we couldn't have kids, she wasn't getting pregnant, you know, and then our relationship just went down the hill. You know, she blamed me. I, we, we started like fighting more and I'm not talking about physically. I'm just talking about just verbally, you know, where she would just put the blame on me and I try to do things to make her uh, feel better. It just didn't work out. So we broke up. So after that, um, once I hit the late forties, early fifties, you know, I just started dating and all that. And I feel more comfortable dating until my last relationship was, uh, before I start, I'm dating now, I was 57, 56, something like that. So you talk about four or five years ago. And because I was single for uh, a year or two, I latched onto this woman that was wrong for me. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things, Lisa, is, and I think you know, you know this definitely, some people t- uh, tell, them, tell about themselves early on. They, they reveal their red flags. Right. This woman revealed her red flags that, I mean, it was bigger than this wall, you know, <laughs> and I still wanted to date her. In other words, I heard what she said, but I didn't listen. And it was a huge red flag. And, you know, uh, I was taken for money. Uh, there was no love from her, but I still stood stood there because I, I was hoping that she would change her mind and and maybe love me like I really cared about her. I, so, I William, let me pause you. Did that get you into therapy? Is that what got you? No, uh, no that one, when I broke up with, uh, when I left that other girl about four or five yeah. years ago, uh, the one that got me into therapy was in my mid-40s when I realized that nothing was happening. So once I saw this, Again, I, I left a little too late in the relationship, but at least I was I was better off because one, and I and I want to say this to a lot of guys, you can't you got to have your boundaries and you got to have your uh, your values. I let that go for her, and I was stepped over. Uh, it wasn't, and I and you know what, Lisa, I'm okay if a woman doesn't like me. That's fine. I don't need closure. I can let that go. But when it comes to financial aspects of it, where we had a business together and she didn't put up her part, then that's what really drove, got me angry. It was, the love, I'm telling you, Lisa, I swear, I swear on a stack of Bibles. If a woman doesn't like me, I'm okay. I can move on. I don't need any closure. You know, you already spoke to me by not liking me anymore. Okay, cool. But when it came to the financial aspects of our business, then you hurt me. 
because it's financial now. Um, so when that happens, can you, William, can you pause? Can you explain that a little bit more? Why is it that the financial piece hurts so badly? Um, because, I, like I said, we had an Airbnb business together. Uh huh. Right. And we should have split everything down the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, she was taking 50% of the profits, but no, no accountability on the bills. So because my name was on, you know, on all the contracts, and that was one mistake I made, um, everything fell on me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to, uh, you know, use all types of resources to make sure that the bills get paid. And I even asked her, hey, I need help. And, and she would just come up with lame ass excuses of, of why she couldn't help me. So I just realized, okay. I want to know, I want to go a little deeper as a man, speaking as a man to women, what hurt, what was it that was so upsetting or hurtful about that? Like you said, it, did it feel disrespectful? Did it feel like she didn't, like she took advantage of you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh yeah, definitely the top two, no respect and, and lack of empathy uh, I mean, I, I could probably go on and, and to and mind you, Lisa, and, and for the audience, if I was to see her again, I would be courteous and say, hello, how are you? How's your mother? No, and no hard feelings because you know what? That was on me. I can't blame her for something that I let, that I contributed to. In other words, um, if she said uh, something about money, I would say yes, because again, I wanted to make her happy, but even so- though. William, the reason I'm really sticking on this is because one of the things that we talk about with our women is that it is more important for a man to feel respected than loved. Yeah, and And I wasn't respected. Definitely not. You weren't respected. It was the disrespect that hurt most because you were trying so hard to make her happy. Right. And it was the disrespect Absolutely. It was, it was more that than anything because Mm -hmm. again, and I keep on going back to it. If a woman doesn't like a man, I think men just move on. You know, there's other fish in the sea. And I knew that then, but because I had financial gain and losses, I held on a little longer than I should have. Mm -hmm. Um, I just realized, you know, I'm just going to cut my losses here. Um, You know, the lease was up on one of the properties that we had. And so I wasn't going to renew um, the, our final contact were always through text. And that's how I wanted it anyway. I really didn't want to see her in person um, until, like I said, if I was to see her again, because we do run in the same circles in real estate, um, I would be courteous. I, I have no ill will because you know what, Lisa, at the end of the day, it was me that didn't set the boundaries, didn't uh-huh. set my values. Uh, so when that, when that gets crossed a couple of times, that, then the woman's going to say, oh, well, this guy doesn't have any boundaries or any values or any standards. I'm going to just keep on crossing them. So that's up to the man to set the boundaries and say, no, we're not doing this. Either you like it or you don't. If not, then either you move on or I move on. I didn't do that, Lisa. So I just want to, uh, your audience to know, and especially the guys, you got to set boundaries and standards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and I do that now. The, the two women that I'm dating, I told them straight up that I'm dating. I didn't tell them who I'm dating, but I told them that. I said, this is what I'm doing now. I'm looking to settle, find someone, whether I get married or not, 
but I'm looking to get serious with someone and that's it. So I'm dating until I find someone. That's it. So that's that's straight out. Let's go back to, you know, one of the things I really want to explore with you a little bit is growing up and feeling insecure as a man with women, watching other guys who just seem to have all this charisma and could attract anybody and what that felt like for you when you were younger, because I don't think from everything you've told me that you are a classic avoidant. I think, you know, what you had said to me when we were on your podcast is that you were really lacking confidence with women. Oh yeah. But especially in my twenties and especially in my twenties, I didn't that, that. Yeah. I didn't have confidence. I was very shy. You know, at times my personality came out, but that was, you can kind of have one hand how many times that came out. Um, it wasn't until my late twenties, early thirties that I just started feeling like, you know what? I'm, I don't give a shit what anybody says. This is who I am. And slowly but surely, even like some of my friends would notice my personality, like, wow, you're not the same that you were, you know, five, ten, eight, nine, you, you, you're different now because I didn't give a damn about anything anymore. You know, so let's, when you know, yeah. back to when you felt insecure, what was that like for you to look at other men and just see them had like they had no trouble with women? They got all this attention. Jealousy. I, you know, I would envy some of the guys. I would, uh, you know, get mad. I'm like, how did that guy get her? You know, I mean, that guy, I'm, I think I'm okay better looking at that guy but i knew you know when some of the guys i talked to during that time in my 20s uh they showed confidence uh they didn't give a damn if a woman turned them down because they knew there were other fish in the sea as as the saying was back in those days um but i didn't feel that way i felt if i grabbed onto somebody let me stay with this person even though if i wasn't happy let me stay again uh, it was definitely lack of confidence. Uh, I didn't, as the, you know, the new term now is game, you know, how to talk to a woman, how to make a laugh, how to make her feel comfortable. I didn't have that. Uh, again, that developed late, uh, later in my thirties, even when I, like I said, that woman I should have married when I was 29, 30, 31, it still didn't, I still, my personality was coming out, but it wasn't until later in my mid thirties where I felt more and more comfortable mm-hmm. myself. Even though I, I sought therapy later on, but I started feeling more comfortable. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, but it's agonizing when you're watching. Was, oh, it was ag- oh, it was definitely agonizing because I remember when we would go to parties, I would pretty much stay, you know, with the guys, and and instead of talking about, hey, you see that cute girl over there, we would I would bring up sports as a way to alleviate um, that pressure. Of you know, putting myself that oh my god, you know, I want to talk to that girl. I wouldn't even know what to say anyway. Uh, right. Back in those days, um, I needed to be introduced to a woman, and then I could start talking. Uh, again, it wasn't until my thirties, late thirties, forties, where I just would go up to someone or just introduce myself. Hey, hi, my name is William. I blah blah blah, whatever. Um, I also forced myself, uh, Lisa, to attend networking events, and this was mm-hmm. in my late thirties, early forties. Mm-hmm. Once I knew that I was going to get into real estate and I, I started finding out about these uh, 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 
uh, real estate clubs and all that, I forced myself to go and I went by myself. I didn't bring anybody with me. Mm -hmm. I would go to singles events, didn't bring anybody with me. I would do uh, speed dating, didn't bring anybody with me. So you have to force yourself to go out there and just talk. Um, and at singles events, I started feeling, and, and I'm doing this in my 40s, late 40s, early 50s, and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm starting to feel comfortable doing this. And I would go to over 40. Now it's over 50. You know, the, you know, if you don't put age, which is great. Um, yeah. But I, it, it was all a mindset. Again, the therapy helped in between my first noticing how I, how I was and till today. So in between, you know, when I did the therapy for a couple of years, again, and reading, there's tons of books out there, guys, for, for, for us that are shy, don't know how to talk to women. And there's women like Lisa and, and Marnie that help guys like us, you know, get out of that shyness, get out of that, uh, that uh, rust of not talking to someone. There's, there's plenty of opportunity there to, to grow. It's a much better age now to to meet someone because of obviously uh the internet and all that but also because there's so much information that you could uh use to get back to get better as a man yeah so back to when you were shy you forced yourself to go to networking events you forced yourself to go to speed dating to singles events william I did all the same things. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Most people roll their eyes when you say, get out there, meet people, walk through your fears, face your fears. They're scared to death to do that. And for you're not going to be great at the fr- your first event. Yeah. Sorry, Lisa, I didn't mean to go. No, go first. ahead. Cut me you're, off. You're not going to. You're not going to be great on your first event, or the second event, or third. It, it takes a while. When I went to my first speed dating, I already kind of knew what I wanted to because I had seen it online, I seen it in movies. Um, but you know, it's, it's just being yourself. If the other person doesn't like who you are, then you move on. Um, it's not that hard guys. It's really not because if I could do it and I was very shy, I didn't have confidence in myself when I was much younger. Um, you know, I would avoid at times parties unless I went with a group of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, I forced myself to go into these networking events because I knew that I wanted to get into real estate. I wanted to be an investor. I wanted to meet people. Um, even now at 60, I reach out to realtors and things like, and I have conversations. I make cold calls. Again, this is stuff that I wouldn't have done 20 years ago. But because yeah. I forced myself to do it and realized that I got to get out of this rut of not, uh, of being too shy, of being, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Bad mouthing myself, if that makes sense, where, oh, no, you can't get her, whatever. No, no, bullshit. You know, go, go. If I could do it, you could do it. it it's, it's one step at a time. It's the same thing when I started real estate investing. I had to read tons of books. I had to go to tons of classes. I bought right. real estate courses. And, and it all comes down to networking and meeting the right people. I've been lucky so far. I met a couple of guys that are, you know, we have the same goals in mind. You know, it's the same thing with a woman. When you meet a woman, you gotta it's it's you gotta have the same goals in mind. Now, the women that I date, one is fifty, gonna be fifty one, and one is just turned forty nine, and I'm sixty. And I even asked him, Lisa, 
are you okay with the age gap? And I said, they told me, both of them told me they don't care. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Cause I don't think I would go any younger than 45, 46, 47. Me personally, I couldn't date anyone in their twenties and thirties. That's just me. Um, I like someone that's much older, um, you know, and uh, that we have things in common, especially in our age range between 45 to 60, 50 to 60. Um, and I'm happier now. Again, it, it, it was a process. Some guys get it done at 20. For me, it was in my late 50s. So, William, some of my clients would say, well, 10 years older, that's not dating someone your age. Would you date someone who's 60? Would well, you date? That, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, listen, women have standards too, right? They want a guy that's in decent shape and all that. I try to work out a couple of times a week and I do, I will ask the same that she's in shape and that's it. I don't care if she's 55, 60. When I was, um, uh, when was it? Uh, I was 57. The girl was 52. So we were a few years apart. So it's a matter of how you feel and, and don't let the, the age gap, you know, uh, bother you because that's to me that's you know i mean if it's your 60 and your 30 then that's a different story <laughs> and then you know i wouldn't do that that's just me i i, I do have an ego those things like uh, there's a woman that i know personally she's in her uh, 20s and we get along so well we make each other laugh but i don't even look at her as someone i would date i look at her as a little sister i, I won't say daughter i can't say that yet <laughs> lisa i just say like a little <laughs> sister that I, that I would watch over her you know and i do i give her advice on on dating and all that but um, yeah well yeah, my husband is 10 years or nine years older than me okay but i have a very hard time getting my clients to put the the age range up 10 years i really do they have a very difficult time going on dates with men who are 10 years older. And I think it's a mistake for me personally, when I was looking out at, you know, I, I'm just very rational. So I'm looking at the competition, right? And I thought, wow, you know, if I go up 10 years, I'm going to be a prize to some of those guys. If I'm competing, you know, if I'm only competing with women my age, for guys my age, it's a little bit different, but to a guy, you know, nine, 10 years older, eight, nine, 10 years older, I was going to have a much better chance. And I was, I actually did date many high, high caliber men, you know, great guys who were eight, nine, 10 years older. And they had a level of maturity that I was missing in some of the younger guys. And I also felt a little bit more of a um, a sexual kind of attraction, you know, because a man who was a little older felt more mature. I felt like some of the younger guys, even if they were my age, were more like brothers <laughs> than, yeah. than, than potential partners. But that's just me. You know, I do urge women to skew a little higher to go five years younger and you know 10 years older so and and i I think that's a great idea you know for uh for the women that you work with and like i said for me uh i remember i had a friend of mine uh that i used to work with and she says at the time i was in my 
early 50s, maybe mid 50s. He said, oh, you could date someone 40. I'm like, wow, that's a 15 year gap. You know, I don't know if she was saying her because she was like 12 to 15 years younger. So I don't know if she was throwing herself in the ring. I found out later on that she did. And I just, it went right over my head because, um, uh, you know, she told me the type of guy she liked. So I eliminated myself. I said, oh, well, she doesn't like me. And then I found out uh, a couple of years later, uh, she told a, a good friend of ours that I never made a move on her. And I told my friend, she never told me that I was her type. So why would I make a movie? She told me that her type was this, this, and that. So, and she was, like I said, 10 to 12 years younger, maybe 15. I I, I don't know the age range, but like I said, um, one is 50, 51. The other one's 49. I'm happy. And you know what? They, and they told me that they like older guys. Mm-hmm. I, I try again. Once I turned my mid forties, late forties, early fifties, I de- I knew I was a mature man. I already knew it. I already knew what I wanted, what I wanted to do, and all that. When I was in my thirties, I wanted to hang out. I still wanted to go clubbing. I still wanted to play sports and all that. For some guys, they get it like that. For me, it happened much later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't. It, it's it, it is what it is. And you know? William, let me ask you: Would you marry? Would you get married at this? Uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Now, I want to be honest with you, Lisa. I don't know if I would w- want to have kids. I, and it's funny, I just saw in the news yesterday, I think a senator uh, had a baby through a surrogate, and he's 71 and the baby's four months old. I don't think I would do that. Um, the two girls that I'm going to, one doesn't have kids and she's 49, and the other one's 50, 51, and she has a daughter. So I know she doesn't want any more kids. And, I, and I'm okay with that. Like I said, I, not everybody is made to be a parent. Um, I hang out with a bunch of friends here in New York City. Uh, most of them don't have kids. You know? Can I ask you, what about these two women? Yeah. Do they have kids? No, I, one does. The one that's 50, 51. I always forget her age. I know she's past 50. And the one that just turned 49, she doesn't have kids. And did does the and both of them are fine with that. Was that a choice? So and is the 50, 50 year old is her are her kids grown? Yeah. They- uh, I think one kid is late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think she has one, a, a, a daughter. I think it's a daughter. Um, the other one didn't have kids. And are you open? So you're fine if somebody has grown kids. You yeah, just don't want to raise little, little kids. Right, 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 right. You don't want to raise no, children. Not now, no. I, I, I you know, I want to be able to, you know, and this is a cliche to travel and all that. You know, like next year I have plans with four of my friends to go to uh, Barcelona, uh, you know, Spain to go. Uh, it, there's a... Uh, uh, an area in Barcelona that they do roller skating. And here in New York, roller skating is huge. Um, so we're looking to go to Spain next year. So yeah, if I meet, if one of those girls that I, I, I tend to gravitate more and I'm with, I would take her with me. I said, hey, come to uh, Spain with me. You don't have to skate, but you can at least hang out and enjoy the scenery, you know, go mm-hmm. shop and whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, but that's the goal for next year. And if one of the girls are involved, I, I, I would definitely welcome her. William, some women listening would would think, well, I wouldn't date him because he's dating two women at once. And I would feel threatened by that. I would want a guy who, if he wanted a relationship and he was serious about having one, would focus on me and give us a chance. And how can he give 
a chance to this relationship if he's his attention is divided between two women, especially if he's sexually intimate with both of them. Well, the thing is, Lisa, it's just like any other, like you go to, a, I hate to put it in, again, a cliche, but it's like a job interview. You go to job, the job, the job, they interview you and they say, hey, this is a good candidate. It's the same thing with, with dating. Listen, a lot of women have multiple guys that they talk to and they go out with. So it's no different when I'm doing that, what they're doing. Uh, and it's just an elimination process. Sure. Like I do I have one that I'm leaning towards more than the other? Yes. I'm not going to say here on air, but yes, I am leaning towards one over the other. But of course, it's just like a woman. They're going to keep their options open. A man's going to keep their options open. Sure, I would like to settle. Sure, i like to have someone here in this apartment hanging out with me on a weekend or we go we go away for the weekend. Yeah, I definitely, I, I never been one of those guys that has eight, nine women. That's not me. But now that I'm in my, I'm 60, I'm looking to to find someone that I could be with, that I could hang out with, that I could settle down with. Whether mar- whether marriage is in the air or not, I definitely want that one. So let me, let me ask. One more thing, Lisa, I'm sorry. Dating is yeah. expensive. You know, you're taking out two people. It's expensive. You know, most of the, <laughs> 95% of the time I'm paying. So it's expensive. I don't take them to cheap restaurants. I don't, we don't go to McDonald's or maybe on occasion we might have pizza, but it's going to be a good pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, do both of these women know about each other? No, no. I just told them I'm dating. I just said that I'm dating. So you've let them know that you're dating yeah. and... And what about, and I know this is probably personal, you know, what about the intimacy piece? I mean, there is certainly going to be, how long have you been dating both of them? Uh, one, I remember, uh, one about six months, uh, the one that's 51 mm-hmm. and the one that's 49, maybe two months, three months. I see. Right. <laughs> so that can get complicated. The, the, it, does, it does. But because like I said, um, the goal is to definitely settle. You know, I definitely want the one. And you mean like settle said, down, not settle. No, no, no. I don't think no one should just settle. I, you know, yeah. I, that's, you know, you hear that in the red pill. Oh, you just, nah, you know what? If you find someone that you like, you know, then maybe. But don't settle because, you know, you're going to look at that person. You're going to like say, oh, shit, I can't believe I'm here. No, I, I wouldn't want that for myself. And I wouldn't want to put it that to a woman. So, like I said, I am definitely leaning towards one over the other. Mm-hmm. So, you are. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just find it interesting. And, and we tell our women, by the way, to date three men at once. We actually oh, that's okay, say, but I can't do it. <laughs> no, no. I'm just speaking for the women who might be listening, and many of the women listening are not my clients. They should. And so they should. Yeah, they I should. think it's very important, but they do not get sexually intimate with anyone mm-hmm. until and they until they know that that there is exclusivity, and right. so that's the the difference. There's no sexual intimacy unless they know, unless they've had a conversation with a man about 
monogamy and about where the relationship is going. So that's a little bit of a difference with the women I, you know, that I coach because it's very challenging for a lot of women. It's different, William, for women than it is for men. We get very emotionally attached when we're sexual with men. And so it's important for us to protect our own feelings. I once had a client who went, she had a conversation with a guy, they slept together. And then after that, they had a conversation about exclusivity. And he told her he wasn't ready for that. And she continued to see him. One day she went over to his apartment and there were four wine glasses and two of them had lipstick on them. And she was really upset. She realized, you know, that she couldn't say anything because, I mean, the guy was a jerk. He should have washed the, the, the wine glasses and cleaned up yeah, a little bit. Put them away. Yeah, def- definitely. But, but I you think know, that conversation has to be had or said in, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. and I did that, you know. Um, and the key is, the, is communication. One thing, and you know this, Lisa, one thing I learned about the podcast, right? There's like six, seven uh, items that I learned over the past 99 episodes that I, 90 some episodes I've done. And number one is always communicate, right? One of my friends, who's a good friend of mine, she always wants communication in her relationship. And I, that's what I did. Uh, at the beginning, the one for th- uh, six months, I said, you know, that I'm right now, I'm, uh, you know, looking, I want to settle, blah, blah, blah. Now, of course, there's a three-month gap, right, if I remember correctly. But I was up front with her. You got to be up front. Guys, women, you got to be up front. If the other person doesn't um, like it, then that's on them. But you got to be up front. You got to communicate and say, this is what I'm doing. Are you okay with it? If not, I understand. You don't want to talk to me anymore. You want to leave. I understand. But if you don't communicate and you keep it from them, then there's the, there's the issue, you know, arises and, you know, she's going to slap the shit out of you. She's going to curse you out. She's going to bam out you, all that stuff, you know? So William, I'm going to ask you a question here that I think is on a lot of women's minds. When you say communicate, did you just say to her, I'm dating other women? Or did you explicitly say I'm also sexually active with other women. No, I, that I wouldn't say to anybody. I don't think it's anyone's business. And I know we, I'm going to get pushed back, and I understand that. But I'm just saying that I was dating. That that I'm dating. It doesn't did mean she, you sleep with every woman. It's not because someone she asked you. you yeah. Did she no, ask you, you if you are being sexually intimate? Because I will tell you. I none will tell you. Right. And I know women, we hear what we want to hear and we think guys what too. We guys too. Unfortunately, we do too. So <laughs> yeah. So a lot of women hearing, you know, I'm dating other women still may say to themselves, you know, oh, but he would only, you know, he may be seeing other women, but he's being sexually intimate with me. So dating other women, unless, you know, when I, when I talk with my clients, it is extremely important if a man is dating other women that they put up a boundary that a very explicit boundary. If you are dating other women, I need to know that I am the only woman you are sexually intimate with. 
So that would be a criteria for any of my clients. They, we are, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Again, uh, none of them have asked me that. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. So to be honest, I'm just sleeping with one. The other one, I'm not. Uh huh. Okay. 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 So I'm, then at least it's out there. <laughs> you, uh, it out me. <laughs> you know, well, it's the, good to, you know, it's good to know. And if you had been sleeping with both. There's no judgment. It's, you know, I really, I'm putting it out there for women to hear. And that's fair. That's that this is, fair. yeah. I mean, and I, you know, you're doing what a lot of guys would do, William. They would just say, hey, I'm dating other women. And they would think that the subtext would be, and I'm also could be sleeping with some of them, right? Yeah, and I, too, Lisa, sorry, I don't mean to control. Yeah. But we could think the same thing. You know, yeah. we're going to think that if a woman's dating multiple guys, oh, yeah, she's going to, she's definitely, well, sleeping with a couple of them. I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's part of nature. We're going to think that as men, yes, we want exclusivity. We, we're definitely more, um, I mean, I'm not saying women aren't, but most of us are territorial. You know, we want a woman to just be with us only. You know, we don't want that. Oh, no, she has a lot of uh, male friends and all that. Yes, that's something that we have to deal with. Do I like it? I'm not a fan of it, but I know she's going to know people before she, know, she knows me. Sure. So, you know, I don't even think about that. Another thing, a topic that's been going on, it's, and this is more of young people, it's, uh, and you've, I'm pretty sure you heard this, Lisa, where now a woman's body count is is being asked. I'm, excuse my language, I'm effing 60 years old. You think I, I, a woman's going to have a past. She's going to have many boyfriends. She's going to have probably a one night stand. She's going to have someone in Ibiza that she was there for a week and she goes, what the hell? I know that. Come on. I mean, you know, guys got to get over that, you know, and that's one of the things of red pill uh, when they talk about that. what the red pill is for everybody that doesn't know. So the red pill is, Guys, and I'm talking about guys in their 20s and early 30s, they want a woman, at, they're like, maybe they're 30, 31, 32. They want to date a woman that's 20, 21, 22. Because women at that age, according to these guys, and again, I agree with a lot of it. I don't agree with some of it. They want to date someone younger because they're more controllable. They're more agreeable. They're more um, likely to be uh, in, with, a one, with one man instead of, you know, being around with a couple of other guys, you know, like supposedly the women in late 20s, early 30s uh, uh, does. Another thing about the red pill is now uh, the thing is more men, they call them passport bros, where they're going overseas to try to find a woman and bring them back to the United States. That's one of the things that the red pill I do not agree with. That is BS because there are plenty of women here in the USA that you could find uh, that are good women that are not on Instagram showing their ass and boobs. You know, there no matter how, what age, you could find a woman here. To me, going overseas that's that's BS. That's how I feel. I would if I go overseas, like I'm going to Spain next year. Hopefully, I'm going to roller skate and and get the experience and then maybe see part of Spain. I'm not looking to bring someone back with me. I Wait, let me ask, roller, yeah. you're going to Spain to roller skate? Yeah, there's a thing called skate love. Um, <laughs> and uh, I saw the videos and four of my friends decided that we should all go. Hopefully that we don't, none of us change our mind. But that's the goal is to go to Spain next year and to roller skate. It's a four day um, <laughs> love skating fest, as you know. And I saw videos of it, and it looks so much fun. Because I roller skate here in New York City. 
Um, I skate on the weekends when I get a chance. So, um, so that's the, the goal for us is to go skating next year. Who knew? <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know about it until oh, maybe my six, seven months ago. God. Uh, four or five months ago, a friend of mine told me there's a thing called skate love. I'm like, really? And you I know, said, can I just say that. something going back to what you were saying about these women, you know, women who are in their 20, you know, 20s and 30s? Anybody can write any narrative they want. Women in their 20s and 30s are so much more emotional. They're so much more immature. You can write any narrative you want to write around something, but saying that with women, younger women are more controllable, that's where you get batshit crazy from. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's what... It's uh, what is talked about in the red pill community. Like I said, I, there's a lot of things I agree with it. A lot of things I agree is uh, boundaries and standards, you know, and I had that crossed on me a couple of times. Even family members had crossed that boundary and values that I had and I let them. It was, again, you got to have both, both sexes, men and women should have boundaries and, and standards that they shouldn't let anyone cross. Not just me or, or men, just women too. So that's one of the things of the red pill I definitely agree with. You got to have standards. You got to have boundaries. Um, you, you know, uh, you can't let certain women just take advantage of you, you know, and it's been done to me. All of us at one time have been simps. That's again, that's a new term that I, I started listening to a couple of years ago. Simps. That's basically just a man that's simp uh, that lets women pretty much do whatever they want without checking them, if that makes sense. So, William, one of the things, if you look online about the red pill community, you know, and you research it, one of the things that they say is that, you know, it's favored by men's rights groups and conspiracy theorists, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that it's, it's a, you know, it's really linked to toxic man masculinity and anti-feminism. -fem I, I see some of that. I definitely see some of that. Um, but I'm not that, like I said, there's some things I, I'm a believer in and there's mm -hmm. some I'm not, I'm not, uh, into, you know, degrading women. I'm not here to put any woman down, you know, um, that's not me, but in, in terms of boundaries and standards, I, you know, you gotta have it. And I'm not talking about just men, but women too, you know, women have standards and then and men should be allowed to have standards. Um, of course. so that's one of the things in the red pill community I definitely agree with is the boundaries and standards. Having a backbone, saying no to uh, to something that you don't agree with, you know, and right. she gets upset or she gets mad or vice versa. You have a standard as a woman. Lisa has a standard. But then, you know, Benjamin crosses it. Lisa's going to say, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's good to have boundaries and standards for everybody. But yeah. again, I think one of your uh, Facebook users, I think her name is Janine. Sorry, Janine, if I got if I pronounced your name wrong. She was saying communication is is uh, key, and, and it was something else that she added. But that, but you communicate that up front. Yeah, that's always the key is to communicate everything up front. This is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. You know, on yeah. Sunday, I, I listen. Four or five years ago, I was dating this woman when I was watching football on Sundays. She would complain, oh, my ex used to do that. I watch football, uh, you know, and for a, a week or two, I stopped. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't do much for the six days during the week. I'm working, I'm busting my ass. I want to watch some football. 
That's it. That's that was my standard and boundaries. I want to watch the game, even if I have to watch it on a damn phone. I watch it. Um, again, for women, they have standards and boundaries. They don't let a guy cross. Again, so I'm actually have the same. I'm going to put it out there that that there are um, wonderful books and and places for you know men to go to learn about masculinity. There's one book that I actually like a lot. There's things I disagree with in the book, but it's called The Masculine in Relationship and a Blueprint for Inspiring the Trust, Lust, and Devotion of Strong Women. And this is a great book. I think there's ways he really is redefining masculine or the masculine. His name is G.S. Youngblood. And I really find that this is a more constructive conversation around boundary setting and redefining, you know, what it means to be masculine today. So I think it's very important where we go to get our information and the conversation that we perpetuate around this, William. Um, I know that there is a lot of toxic masculinity today. There's a lot of angry men that are enraged. I can't remember the name of the man. Maybe he is associated with this red, you know, red pill community, the one that was banned um, from a lot of different platforms because he was so toxic. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think so. I'm trying to remember the I name. Can't remember I, I, name. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, and I noticed that too with uh, some of the guys in the in the, in the community. Um, they are angry at women because women have set, you know, high standards and all that. People set the high standards. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, you're going to meet them or you're going to get that. You know, I, at the beginning, I set standards. You know, yeah. I want a woman that was uh, funny. I want a woman that was, you know, in shape. I, you know, it was like five, six, seven things I wanted. Then I realized that I could have that. But if the conversation sucked. Ah, oh, shit. Now what? You know, so I don't even set those types of, uh, of standards. I just want to if I'm dating someone, I want to just have good chemistry. And you could tell right away that the chemistry, you just feel free to talk and joke and not have to worry about every other word you say, because now you're stepping on eggs. Um, most men want that. They want a woman that that they could have chemistry with and just feel like they could be themselves. All men, most men want to be themselves. They don't want to be something that they're not. Simple as that. Well, you know, and we're easy to, to, to please. I mean, it's, it's we don't, <laughs> I, I as they say, a, a, a way to a man's, what is it? Uh, uh, heart is through his stomach. That's sure, that's part of it, but also is just, ha just hanging out and knowing that, sure, you're having sex, but you're also, that's your friend. That's your buddy. That, you know, we can hang out and talk anything and watch movies and make comments on the movies, whatever. Just simple stuff. Most men are very simple. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, um, we want to promote positive attitudes, toward, you know. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm more that. I definitely, I, I don't like, like I said, when I see some of the stuff in the red pill where they, you know, bash women and um, and call them stupid and things like that. I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I, I don't want to call anyone stupid. That's bullshit. Uh, you shouldn't call anyone like that. If you disagree, you just say, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. That's it. You don't need to throw and, names at, at, at women because whatever. And, and, and when I see some of these guys, I can say, okay, now I see why they act like that. You know, uh, 
they were definitely shunned as a as a young man. <laughs> you know, you hate to, no, to say I, that, I, but it's William. I was I was shunned as a young woman. I, I was too. I, I was too. I, and I don't hate. And I don't hate men. I I actually you know I love them, and I found a way to find good men, right, and to connect with good men. So on that note. I so thank you for being here and I'd love to have you back again and explore more of this. I think anytime, anytime I had yeah. a great time talking to you. Um, I hope your audience got something out of it. Hopefully I didn't bore them to death. But, um, uh, <laughs> I don't um, think so. Um, no, I had a great time talking to you. I, you uh, like too. I said, we talked when we did my pocket. I told you I could talk to you for another one or two hours. <laughs> I know it was really, it was wonderful. I want to thank our special guest today, William Morales, for being here. Please check out his podcast, People on Dating. It is fascinating. William started the podcast because he wanted his friends to talk about their dating experiences. Many of them were too shy. <laughs> so he I, I finally had one of my friends talked about love bombing. So that's going to be uh, an episode. I think it's supposed to be released this Wednesday coming up. So okay, so I we don't do, we didn't do a live one like me and you're doing. So I had mm -hmm. a, you know I just have a picture of her there. But um, yeah, nice enough to talk about uh, love bombing and some of the stories she told me was fascinating. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, so fascinating. This is real stuff from real yeah. people. William also brings on some experts like me. Yes. So please check it out. I'm Lisa Shield. This has been Getting Inside the Right Male Mind, where we explore the male mind on women, love, dating, relationships. Men are just as afraid of rejection as we are. And so it's important that compassion flows both ways, that we have compassion for what they're going through just as much as we want them to have compassion for what we're going through. Please send us your ideas for future podcasts. You can do that by writing to me, podcast at lisashield.com. We read every one of your emails. Also, go and rate and like my podcast. If you don't like it, let us know. If you do like it, let us know that too. We really want honest feedback. You know, I'd rather have four stars or four and a half stars and get real feedback from you than have five stars where it's all just blowing reviews. Also, Give us a thumbs up here or a heart if you liked this broadcast. And also give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And finally, go to lisashield.com and click the button on my website to watch my free 45-minute presentation. If you like what you hear, we will jump on a call with you to tell you how you can participate in my 12-week Emotionally Naked Dating course and find what we call the guardian of your soul. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.